Leaping forward bionically. Truck Jewel. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Geek Down. I am happy in the house today, returning from a long, long, long hiatus. It's our very own little beast. What's up? And of course, Shayna. <laughs> So mellow today for every reason. All right, well, we're going to change that real quick because we have an action-packed, fun-filled show for you. We are talking about Trinkets, this new show on Netflix, which, dude, I didn't know shoplifting could be a bonding experience. Yeah. 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 Wolverine is back with another comic um, anthology this time. This is Wolverine Exit Wounds. Not only that, not to be outshined, we have Annabelle Comes Home. We really, really wanted an ugly porcelain doll haunt our dreams again. I just yeah. don't think there are the enough good horror movie franchises out in general. Dig this, dig this. The second highest, right behind Godzilla. Oh, yeah, I'm saying yeah. this isn't a good franchise. year for movies. I'm not Nobody's talking about the year, I'm talking about money. all of them. Yeah. The Conjuring franchise. We're talking about The Conjuring, so this The made Conjuring the 2, money? The Nun. Annabelle, Annabelle returns. Annabelle back in the habit. Annabelle doing it again for the second time. So this you know, is... Annabelle scared stupid. All of them, you, you know, know what? High, second that highest of all time. And then, of course, I know you were all like chomping at the bit and white knuckles. Excitement for Aladdin starring Will Smith. We'll give you the impressions in just a bit. But right now, I want to hear your impressions on trinkets. First of all, Shane, you want to tell us what this was about? Uh, okay. So you start with LED sheet on. Her mother recently passed away and she moved in with her father and her stepfamily and she gets caught shoplifting and her father decides she needs to go to Shoplifters Anonymous and while there she meets two other girls who go to her school who otherwise she probably would never been friends with, but they start bonding over their shared shoplifting addiction. Yeah, I like the way they painted that too because they got they made sure to show you, like illustrate the the the, the cattiness and vitriol of the girls in schools. Like you're not part of my clique. You can't sit here. You ain't part of me. Mm -hmm. Don't want nothing to do with you. And then when they meet up at or when not meet up when they see each other at this shoplifters anonymous meeting, then it's like, ugh, what you doing here? Ugh, yeah, you that was too? hard. Ugh. Like, what was mad harsh? Hey. Sent her yeah. that letter that she was like, die. I was like, whoa. Mm -hmm. Damn, Mo. That's harsh. Why you gotta be so mean? That was that realism, though. <laughs> All right, so what were your impressions of Trinket's shape? I, you know what? I thought it, I liked it. Like, I really liked this. I really liked the, one, the relationship to the, between the girls because I think their friendship was really organic like mm -hmm. they it's not that they didn't actually like each other they were just opposed to stepping out of whatever their whatever the mode that they thought they had to be in was mm. and once they were taken out of like you know the natural setting of high school it gave them a chance to see each other differently and and realize how much they had in common and that was nice because clearly these girls need some support systems because everybody in their lives are kind of falling down on the job. Yeah. And there were some characters, as soon as I saw them, I was like, oh, I know who you are. Like, um, oh God, what's the third girl's name? Because it's Abby, Mo, and Tabitha. 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 Like, when you first meet her boyfriend, I'm like, oh, he's a, I was like, look it, it's Douchey McGee and watch he's gonna be abusive yeah he's abusive knew it <laughs> and what's you call it and i watched mo you know hurt the feelings of baby bruno mara's over and over again oh, <laughs> I did look like bruno mara. <laughs> damn i recognize that dude from something too but yeah that was that was that was deliberate 
Yeah, no, he. I'm glad he turned out to be more, more or less a nice guy. Like, well, at least in the well, beginning. he was. Yeah, yeah, no, they, they, they do, they do have that whole dynamic of the varied friend group, where you're gonna mm-hmm. have the, you're gonna have the a holes along with the Actually, okay characters and yeah, like, the kind of suspect. I feel bad for him. It, like, that she, he clearly seemed to want more, mm-hmm. but she's like, no, you're just gonna be like my side piece. Like, even though she didn't have a boyfriend, she's like, but you gotta be over here, yeah, because it messes with my image. Wait, you gonna tell me that somehow they portrayed teenagers as being fickle with their emotions? Yeah, <laughs> right. no realism. None. Uh, it's a little. How about you? What was your impressions of, of Trinkets? I really liked it. I also really liked the realism between the different relationships in the world that they inhabited. I tend to not like stories about teenagers, especially when they start like having sex or experimenting with drugs, because it's usually very uh, stylized and mm. like, oh, we're you know, 16 and we're dropping acid or whatever. But with this one, it was, it felt very real and believable, especially considering the fact that like, they're all, they're all having, or at least two of the characters are having a lot of sex for uh, for teens at that time. Um, I did notice that, that it, it did get a little, I mean, they didn't, it wasn't gratuitous and they, no. didn't, they didn't sensationalize it. But I'm like, also that's, y'all, I mean, where are your parents? But then what? they show like their parents are not around. No, they are not. So it's true. They like, got the time. I'm, I'm suddenly feeling very like convicted right now. <laughs> but yeah, I thought it handled situations like the abusive boyfriend very well. Mm. It wasn't uh, just in general. Yeah, it wasn't super stylized or, or super sexy or dramatic. Like these are the things that these kids face. Um, even when they're making, like, they're putting themselves into stupid situations. Like, Mo, she's this kind of, like, asshole character who thinks that, like, because her, what you find out later in the show is, um, you find out a little bit about her family and and why she thinks that she has to kind of play this role of the bad kid. Mm -hmm. So she keeps going to the principal's office and people are like, oh, you're in trouble again. And she's like, oh, I know, it's really out for me. But really, she's going to the principal's office to talk about her grades and how good they are and the different yeah. opportunities that are open to like, her. They were talking about her doing a STEM program in freaking South Korea. Mm-hmm. Was anyone else getting major Elijah Dushku vibes from Mo? I got, I, 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 I got, I got some, and I was trying not to because the thing is that would that was like it was like muddying my impression of her. Oh, because I'm like sure. this is the kind, this is this is definitely a faith I, type I, character. I kept trying to figure like, out if I knew her, the actress from somewhere else, but I. I couldn't think of anything, and I couldn't find anything. <laughs> yeah, she she definitely looks familiar, but I'm I'm wondering if she just has one of those faces. Maybe, yeah. but I, I think though I, I did like her in the role. Like I think mm. she did a good job. Oh yeah, the casting was spot on for this. Very they managed good. to like yeah. nail people who didn't just look the parts but acted them. I think. Yeah. Uh, mm. because I mean, first of all, Brianna Hildebrand, let's call her out right now, uh, as Elodie, yeah. is we've seen her in things such as Deadpool. I didn't realize she had like this level of emotion. Yeah. And that that, well, that type of range cuz dude, be, I was impressed. To be fair, since most of us know her as Negasonic Teenage Warhead like that's a very deadpan character. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying though. It's like it's like I don't think she's she's had the opportunity to shine and this was like no, she's forefront. Like yeah. this is going to be all like, like, you know, she's she laughing. The, she's I mean, weeping, she is the main laughing, character. Weeping. It's mostly from her perspective. So yeah. it's it, yeah, no. It was interesting to see her in such a different character then because i mean you go although from... if they had one scene where she just like you know blew up someone's car really quickly, <laughs> yeah. that would have been okay too because yeah, yeah. you go for a character who's very bold and self-assured and knows who they are like negasonic and then you go to a character like elodie who's not super sure and she's mm-hmm. actually still 
on that road of finding like she's clearly out but she's also never actually had any interaction with another girl yeah in that in that wheelhouse she's exploring her feelings yeah she's she's getting to know herself she's also very introverted so the first time she tried she got shot down so it doesn't make her want to jump out and do it again yeah so i mean that's pretty that's pretty i mean it's hard to go out on a limb when you're a kid and say oh i like you to somebody even more so if you're already considered like your object of like is different than other people's so like oh i'm sorry for the shoot you know, I had a thing for a best friend and for a best friend to reciprocate. It's like, we're BFFs. Only you're not. Yeah. She's like, not. no, I'm your best friend because because of the reasons. Which reminds me of that other terrible show on Netflix that we don't need to talk about. Mm. Insatiable? It's oh, all yeah, like, yeah. No, terrible we, 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 things we about it. It's not a good show. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but she was Negasonic Teenage Warhead in Deadpool. Uh, which is a very, like, you know, kind of one-note role. She got attitude and she blows things up. Cool. This... Uh, uh, this show has her in a more definitely emotionally expansive role where she's also not just the star but she's the star that covers a spectrum of you know she's making mm-hmm. friends she's dealing with enemies and she got her home life that's just tumultuous she's got, uh, got this actual problem of being a kleptomaniac mm-hmm. and then I like the fact that the show uses that mechanic of they've each got this thing that's like this one weird character trait that brings them together mm-hmm. the shoplifting is something that's under their control yes and you in know? the same and way it's not it's, <laughs> yeah. in the same way it's, it's a self-destructive behavior but it's something that they can control they have mm-hmm. agency over this one thing yeah or I at like, least they think they do yeah i like that the show didn't I mean, shy away yeah. from it's kind of like cause... it's kind of like sorry to bring up a heavy thing but like cutting like people do it to feel control over their body um and this is what they do to feel control over their life but both have very destructive side effects like they could go to jail they could, yeah what you call it? you could have the wrong store owner who pulls out a gun like it could be yeah. all sorts of kinds of crazy things that could happen to them based off this particularly reckless behavior it's not like a good coping method no this is not a good coping method but i understand why they need a coping method yeah because like especially Tabitha, I feel bad for Tabitha for her 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 parents. Yeah, man. let's talk about them real quick because yeah. Tabitha finds out some stuff about her parents' relationship. Yeah, why does that, that happen in her? every like YA TV story? It just happens a lot. It does, but this one I thought was really good. I was, this is the she has the like living in a gilded cage kind of narrative, yeah. and I feel like usually it's it's played really poorly where you're just like your life isn't that bad your family's rich you could have whatever you want like it, it doesn't sell the drama but in top of this case i think they do it a does. great job of showing just how much control everyone not just her parents although primarily her parents and her boyfriend but yeah. even her friends they all just expect her to be this certain way and like will not allow her to behave or even feel any other way yeah like yeah no like her birthday the birthday party episode, yeah all right i'm like yo part of me one when to reach the screen and like throttle her mother like stop oh. it she's trying to tell you something and you're negating it with every sentence like i i couldn't imagine my daughter coming to me 
saying that she was unhappy with her relationship and she ended it and me tell her like oh it's okay you'll get back together no i'd be like what happened what's wrong why do you feel the need not to be with this person you've been with for a long time like i feel like her father may have been slightly more attentive but he was still in so into his own stuff that he was he was still missing stuff like he was missing the fact that her boyfriend was controlling and mm. bad for her the fact that she, her friends are lip service friends at best yeah and that she's and that she's so so lonely like yeah closer attention oh, we'll, we'll ah. assume that if there's a season two that that will be something we get into yeah if there's a season two we'll see so, i hope so i heard the ratings aren't bad so far so. no dude this was awesome like, i again, encourage everyone like, to check this out yo right, like, right off the bat this is yeah, a thumbs, thumbs up, up, up for me. like hi and I, it was well acted it was um the writing was on point yeah. it was written by people who i feel may have gone oh, through these the person who wrote the book yeah wrote the screenplay yes yeah and if you don't know who the person who wrote the book she also wrote things like the screenplay for Legally Blonde, Ella Enchanted, oh. and a couple other things that were really, she's very girl power, like storylines, and she's written quite a few of them. Also wrote U579, which was completely <laughs> out of left field. But no, no, it's um, it's called Trinkets. It's on Netflix right now. Dude, Stars Please Beyond the Grant. It. It's, I blew, blew the hell out, blew my mind. All right, so now let's talk about Wolverine. Exit. I gotta say it like that. I'm sorry. But Wolverine Exit Wounds is a new anthology book. Like, I, I like want you to say it like DMX. What? <laughs> hey, Shana. I'm about to talk about well now. Um, okay, so Wolverine Exit Wounds is a new anthology book uh, starring Wolverine. Um, who I'm glad this underrepresented character is finally getting his time. It's not like, because, yeah, because Wolverine doesn't get enough media. So little exposure. All right, so Lilith, you want to tell our good listeners what uh, Wolverine Exit Wounds was about? Sure, so it's an anthology, and everyone who was a part of it, there's three different stories, all had very strong ties to Wolverine, which made it really enjoyable. So uh, the first writer was Larry Hanna, the second writer was Chris Claremont, and the third uh, writer and artist was Sam Keith. So that was, it was really nice to see these people who have had such a big part in his life, like write these, I'm assuming, new stories uh, around him. And the first one, um, Larry Hanna is one of the guys who, I hope I'm saying his name right, um, who wrote Weapon X and his story is uh, about Weapon X and, and uses those early characters. Chris Claremont's story takes place in Japan and goes into detail about um, the some Silver of his... Samurai and uh, the uh, Yumi, uh, Yuriko story and the whole Wolverine overseas. Wolverine in the uh, what was that? Wolverine in the land of the samurai. Yeah, it takes... tales that that were really prominent in the nineties. Yeah, it takes place um, while he and Kitty Pride are on some of their adventures during that time because you get to see a young Kitty Pride with, with a mullet and uh, and then the third story is uh, Wolverine versus uh, Venom. Hmm? So. No, that was a unique one to me because I mm -hmm. like the concept of Wolverine having a pre-existing relationship with Eddie Brock. Mm -hmm. When it's written well, yeah, it's no. actually a good insight into, um, I don't know, you get some more of the uh, justification for the, what, what the character would become. You know, when they don't try to sensationalize it, when they just try to tell a good story. Yeah, don't, don't focus so much on this is Wolverine and he's one day will be yeah. the most bad of all. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like a book like no one read. I, me and like four of the people uh, read, I think. Um, that was about, this was from the 90s. Um, Wolverine and Ben Grimm. 
uh, as two military officers who were paired together for a joint mission uh, to retrieve something that was lost by um, on the border of uh, American Canada and Ben Grimm when he was in the Air Force before going into the yeah. flight and becoming um, the thing. Wolverine he was just a characters that kind of thing works with because yeah. he's so freaking old. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, no, that's that's what I'm saying. He it's like, I like that they... time to interact with almost everybody. Yeah. yeah. So I like those stories when they can take that exploration and do it well. Now, mind you, this is of that story. I don't have an opinion just yet because of your thing on um, Wolverine and uh, and uh, Eddie Brock mm-hmm. in this story. I'm just saying, like, there's precedent for it, and it has been done right before, so did they do it right this time, in your opinion? In my opinion? Okay, so, um, I love Sam Keith a lot. He's, uh, one of my favorite artists and, and writers. With this story, of the three in the anthology, it was, um, it was very of Sam Keith. Like, it was very silly, and mostly about, like, two just very hairy guys fighting in, in South America. <laughs> and that's, that's, unfortunately, I feel like all three of the stories suffer from being so short because there's three stories in one comic. Mm-hmm. So I do think that um, with this one, you don't get to see as much of that relationship as I would like to have seen. It's really like you drop them in, they fight, uh, Wolverine is basically like, Eddie Brock, we know each other. I've got an idea. <laughs> and Eddie's like, do the idea. And he does. And then that's the end of it. But uh, yeah. it was, for me, the most enjoyable of the three. Right, see, I would have liked to have seen him go, Eddie Brock, you got anger issues. I got anger issues too. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two of them just walking through just, <sighs> for no reason. My favorite they, go, they go to the bank. <sighs> <laughs> Shopping for new shoes. <sighs> Size 12. You know. <laughs> Bub. <laughs> sorry, sorry. You were saying. I don't even remember now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, I, I found parts of this amusing, but like a lot of this, it just seemed like a, a, uh, an excuse to one get another Wolverine book out there, and two to throw in Easter eggs to anyone who knows yeah. uh, the background Wolverine stories. And it's not. I mean, I'm not of the mindset. It's got to be fresh and new and original every time. Because I understand sometimes that's just not possible when you're dealing with existing characters, but it feels like they were actively trying to just like spoon feed anyone who's a, who's a fan stuff that they'll remember. Right, from for, the 90s. Like, yeah, it's like there was really no reason for in it. In a way, it kind of reminds me of the ride that we wrote read a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Like, plenty in it for a long time fans. Not sure if there's that much in it for someone who maybe didn't already know who Wolverine is. Right. Though, I can't imagine who that person is. Yeah, but no, I, I like, like the... the second story the best. Which one? Mm. That was the one that in Japan... Oh, uh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I just thought that one was cute. Yeah, I call that Wolverine <laughs> in the Land of the Rising Sun. They do right, that whole continuity. That's all. Which, well, I mean, that, I, I figured that was the thing that was popular at the time. I never really dug those stories, and people love them. So, I mean, I was just not the, I, I wasn't the audience for it. I'm like, I like to see Wolverine teaming with the X-Men. He's got the yellow costume, you know, mm-hmm. just in there going house. Like, and he talks with an Australian accent for no reason at all. Right. <laughs> like, that was a little weird about the third story the third one only because and i'm talking about the comic um mm-hmm. the third one is because in my head i was like why does he look like the max oh yeah, yeah the, art style <laughs> no. was, the art style was it was unique <laughs> and i read in the credits that that was rob liefeld i'm like but this doesn't look like rob liefeld 
No, no, he did. Rob Liefeld did one of the covers. It was drawn by oh, Sam he did. Keith. Okay, okay. He he didn't he didn't do the the, the innards of the book, just the covers. Correct. Oh, okay. Exactly. Right. And Sam Keith draws everyone like a plumber, and I'm I'm yeah. here for it. I was like, great. I love that you drew him balding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Wolverine exit wounds, dude. I mean, the stories in here, I dug, but I mean didn't move me enough how about y'all because i mean y'all have like y'all have like favorite parts of this book well no so, like i read it and i had to find enjoyment somehow it's either i'm gonna enjoy it or i don't enjoy it and i did enjoy it oh, and i know okay. enough about wolverine to like at least pick up stuff here and there but is this for like a brand new reader I, like this is definitely not for a brand new reader like, yeah, no, I for, for a fan i would say thumbs up but for a new reader this is not where you should start yeah like oh it'd be nice but it there are parts that you won't make sense because you don't have the bigger contents of the story no, these true. are pieces of larger stories yeah i'm gonna give it a thumbs down too like okay, there are three right. stories and i did not really get much out of the first two um i really love salvador la Roca, but even his art in the the second part, I don't think, I don't think it's the type of art that he's well suited for, and so it didn't have a lot of like energy to it. Mm -hmm. um, I, but I love Sam Keith. I love his bonkers style, his weird sense of humor, and everything. So I was able to like find enjoyment in that story because I love that creator so much. Mm -hmm. But I agree, it, it really comes down to if you are a hardcore fan, you are going to get a lot more out of this but if you're a new fan i i think it's it's both like very tried and true territory that's not very interesting because you don't have that context of like oh well these are the specific characters from these specific stories and you're seeing a little bit more of them you're you're just like oh he's in japan he went to japan one time i think and that's yeah that's cool i guess like fans who know this universe or the many universes of marvel like they'll get much more out of it than just a casual reader this yeah. is not for the casual reader no, that's a good point it's wolverine exit wounds i mean read it at your own risk but <laughs> yeah we're mixed on it Alright, now I'm going to talk about <laughs> Annabelle Comes Home. Now what happens is, Annabelle, right, she was out in the world, she came home. Alright, full prank now. Um, no, this is a continuation of The Conjuring Universe. This is actually, surprisingly, uh, one of the most popular horror franchises out there. I just like, don't understand why. Yeah, I think The Conjuring films work really well because they are giving you, um, number one, they're kind of like going back to some roots that we haven't seen in a while and giving like really exciting, really scary ghost stories uh, and kind of telling them in a way that marries old and new uh, in a really interesting way. And Annabelle, I saw the first one and it was, it was a great, just like fun, silly ghost flick that had some good scares in it. Mm -hmm. Like that's, and I, get the impression that's kind of all of the Annabelle movies is like yeah, if you're on like a first date it's a great way to get you like real close together <laughs> like that's kind of what these movies are for fair enough no I I can I can actually definitely see that and uh, you might be right because I feel like it started off as a really good idea this is um, a dramatized for oh excuse me, uh, the conjuring series is a dramatized version of the real life stories of two paranormal investigators. Yeah. And <laughs> well deserved air quotes. 
Uh, well, what that branched out off into is there was Annabelle and the Conjuring, and they the created nun. this whole universe. The Nun. They created a universe around them and just kept kept telling these stories where, yeah, the actual story was, was this uh, husband and wife couple. They visited places that had these weird supernatural stories. They collected artifacts, and then they died. You know, uh, and I mean, some stuff happened, but nothing. You that think was... they'd stop investigating these kind of things? Well, I mean, they just keep going. They had more ways to make. <laughs> Uh, but what this has branched out into is they made a movie, it was popular, they made another movie, it was popular, they made a movie that was indirectly related, and it's like, this is really popular, well, well, related, and then they just kept making them more and more, to the point where Annabelle Comes Home is now the seventh installment I, of so the many. Conjuring series, yeah, in this universe they've created, it's their own MCU, <laughs> yeah, they, uh, the Conjuring, the Nun, and the Annabelle movies are all part of the same oeuvre if you will and in this latest one this latest one takes place in the 60s with Annabelle who has been brought back home and encased in a sacred glass cage it's like why why would you take that why wouldn't you not just bury it in the, in in a middle first burn the doll then bury it in the middle of a field somewhere or or put it in a metal box in in what you call it take a boat go Twenty miles out into international water and drop that sucker. Like, <laughs> well, why do all that when you have a poorly guarded, uh, a slim glass case <laughs> in an open because room where it's easily accessible by children in the neighborhood? Animals? Object that clearly has killed people before. We should just, yeah, let's leave that in a glass case. Nothing bad will happen. Yeah, leave it, leave it out in the open. Is, the give same, it its own lighting so same, it draws attention to itself. Exactly. Yeah, I say the same thing about all the Chucky movies. Why didn't anybody think of to gather up all Chucky's parts, make sure they were actually destroyed or beyond the reach of human touch? There, <laughs> in the what was it? The end of the second or third one is when he like gets melted down into nothing, but like one drop remains and makes a new Chucky. I can't remember. <sighs> that was yeah, a reach. This, this, there's no justification. That, that, what was that, like the third one or fourth? It was a great opening sequence, I just remember that. That, that was that Chucky Wolverine hybrid where like, it's just one drop of blood, yeah. that's enough to recreate him. Right. Yeah, no, um, Annabelle is not Wolverine, <laughs> but she also hasn't been like thrown in the fire or melted down. They kept her in a case, and for a I, while she was contained. smash her! <laughs> like, that sounded wrong, because I was thinking about that movie with Marlon Wayans. Like... Oh, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know he, what I'm talking about. Yeah, he, he smashed her all right. <laughs> he did. So um, much. Um, part, um, uh, Haunted, Haunted House 2? I haven't seen it. Oh, was that the first, I will, I will, No, or was that in the that, first one? No, trust me. Haunted House 2. It was in the second one. It was one. in the second one. I will show you a clip after the show. <laughs> no. All right? It will, it will, it will, and I apologize in advance. <laughs> Um, now Annabelle so is that movie is one. <laughs> now Annabelle the supernatural forces of Annabelle the doll now Annabelle is the doll I want to emphasize yes. this specifically because not the powers not the spirits that she's been known to conjure I just don't understand the why doll anybody itself. would own such an ugly doll I, well we don't we haven't been she's, told properly where it came from everything else she's not even a pretty porcelain else. doll she is well, we haven't been told properly where Annabelle comes from. It's all been hearsay up until now. But why would you keep the evil? Like, I never understand that. And this happens in movies all the time. It's just like, you have, oh, evil, destructive item. Should we keep it as a souvenir or should we destroy it? Oh, we're going to keep it as a souvenir? Okay, hope it doesn't end up in the wrong hands. It always Shana, ends up in the how wrong you, you, how, many, <laughs> how many horror movies have you seen? You should know by now. That people there's are always, dumb. There, there's never going to be enough gas in the car. 
people always gonna have untied shoelaces and trip in the woods. Yeah, I've right? never. What, they, they're always gonna to investigate that creepy looking like place that, that they have no business trespassing in with no flashlight, and then someone's gotta get naked and take a shower. Yeah, there's a creature coming to kill me. I'm gonna get naked and be as vulnerable as possible. No, no. When yeah. the cre- when the creature's actually in sight, that's when I'm gonna stop and try to have sex at the like, yeah, the that's time. <laughs> in the most inconvenient location. Yeah. See, These are the rules, Shayna. This is why I like the Scream movies. So they make fun of all this kind of stuff. Yeah, but apparently the movies that follow these to a to to, to a T are the ones that sell. And in Annabelle. What it comes down to is these people, they have the house secure. They have this room with all the artifacts in one place where they know where they are and they can keep control of this. So what's the smartest thing to do in this situation? Hire some random babysitter and then leave. So let them roam the house where they can snoop and touch your stuff. Don't tell them nothing. Just let them have free reign of the place. Because that right there is how we do things, Shayna. That's exactly why. You destroy the items. You don't make a museum. You destroy it because it's evil. And why would you keep some evil in your house? You know it's evil, and you keep it in your house. Why would you do that? Yeah. Just saying, it doesn't. <sighs> All right, we've talked to death about the asinine nature of the layout of this place, but let's talk about the asinine nature of the movie. Well, what actually happens in this movie? Yeah, they uh, these this couple goes off to investigate another case. They leave the babysitter in charge of uh, a couple of girls. And, I mean, people got to touch stuff, right? Yeah. They got to they got to explore and see what's going yeah, on. Also, I got I got to see what's in this room. I got to see what's in that room. I got to poke I, around I people's people stuff. I got to go in the fridge. In the story, who are like, oh, here's an item that says "Don't touch." I should immediately touch it. Like you, like you've ever done that. No, because no. Mm, I she know, follows I, rules, Pat. She follows the yeah. She follows you the rules what? of the home. I, I remember that one time you released all those evil spirits. No, you yeah. know what? I had a moment yeah. like this when, we were, when I was watching Trinkets because it's when she came home and she told her parents that she was tired and she was gonna go to bed like in the moment when they're supposed to be like chewing her out for being out without permission. I'm thinking to myself. Yeah, that wouldn't have flew in my house as a kid. <laughs> I, yeah, my mom's about to yell at me, and I say I'm tired. She, yeah, she, yeah, I'd have gone to sleep in that moment, but not volunteer. Well, wait, 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 which girl are you talking about? Um, the main character. Elodie, I can't. Ah, okay. What, 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 what ethnicity were her parents? White. Thank you. Okay, so what happens in Annabelle is Annabelle comes to life. Now, once someone gets involved in stuff, well, I need to see everything in here, including opening the damn case. This thing was locked for a reason, and now because of some random creeping teenager, it's always a random teenager though. Like the like teenager lit the black candle. They read from the Necronomicon. It's like they they swam in Crystal Lake. Like you know what that's called, Shana? That's called natural selection. <laughs> I know. Um, no, I, I honestly this was a really tired addition to the Conjuring franchise, I mean, which is one I've movie. never been I've never been crazy about. But I like horror movies, so I've always been willing to give the next one a chance. Mm-hmm. And this is after the Conjuring let me down. This is after the Nun literally put me to sleep and this is after like that first annabelle was like okay this is dumb as hell but i still went to see this mess didn't i not just because i had to do the show but because i'm a glutton for punishment apparently, apparently. and they it's i feel it's obvious they've stopped caring <laughs> the kids are the focus of this movie and that's a complete fake out because you think it's an annabelle movie and it's all about you know uh, uh the stars of the previous movies who came back no, um, they don't you know, want to uh, do those Vera movies Formiga, either. <laughs> Vera Formiga and Patrick Wilson came back for this movie. 
Oh, wow. everyone thought they would. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, okay, so we're going to see some actual stuff go down no. with that. No. They, they came for they, a paycheck and they left. Yeah. They, they've gone in like 20 minutes. They come back at the end like, what happened, you know? Man, she had to go shoot Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a whole different train wreck. Um, like but no, right one thing, I, what, what really upsets me about the Annabelle series, because, dude, I wanted this to be good. I wanted them to have that 11th hour. You know what? There's a lot of money people are paying for these. Let's give them, let's, let's do a new I'm child's saying. play. Let's do, we'll fake them out a little bit. We'll, oh, whoop, we're, we're making a bad movie. Oh, surprise, it's ill. You know, something like that. And they could have done it. It had all the earmarks of it. Yo, there's um when Annabelle is finally let free and she starts calling these different spirits, you know, the bride and all those, the Lana, the la dude. Uh, they could have done like a 13 Ghosts thing where it's like, oh, now they're, yeah. Have so, you so seen 13 Ghosts yeah. with um the Tony Shalhoub one? Uh, yeah. It was, it was a remake of a much worse movie. No, I knew that. that. actually, yeah. <laughs> and they did a good job of making these, these ghosts look really frightening and like horrendous and some of them just freaking weird. You know, and I mean, I like it, it was creepy, and they played up, they played that up. They could have done that here, they didn't. Also, you mentioned specifically how idiotic it was having just a, a museum in your house of evil artifacts. Like, Things that you know build are an, build another building on your property if you're gonna do it. Like have a shack that's like a good twenty yards away from your house. <laughs> like anything. I think you may need more than twenty yards. Hey, I'm trying. Like, oh, these These are something. also stupid people who bring home cursed items to put in their house. Okay, so fair. I'm, this bare minimum is what I'm working with here. All right. At least don't have it in the house and have it at least a little ways away it's not like i look out the window it's right there no over there over on the forest somewhere <laughs> what's, what's that over there oh that's, that's the uh, necronomicon really do you want to just like propping up a table like that right like, yeah, yeah you know it's might, the as well. right might as well <laughs> i mean it's just as safe as what they were doing which yeah. is not because some because human nature is stupidity and i have to touch stuff okay i will be fair <laughs> I went to George's Island uh, last weekend, and I went to Fort Warren, which uh, had a, which served as um, a prison for a short while, like uh, at the beginning of the 20th century. And I'm like walking around, taking photos, and then there was this one room that had all of this graffiti, and I'm like taking photos of it. And I'm like, oh, this is really cool. And I start like saying the things out loud. You're trying to like read what it says. Oh, that's like, a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah, and I like after I got through like five, I was like. Oh, I'm not idiot. Just like reading stuff. <laughs> I'm totally gonna be haunted now. Oh, I know better than this. Uh, it, it, it's okay, Beelzebub. We, we don't miss Lil at all. You know, I want to thank our new addition to the show, Satan. <laughs> Like every like we joke now, watch your eyes start glowing. <laughs> like, yeah, that's the thing though. Like, it's like when you practically know. <laughs> it's like when you actually have like evidence and proof that evil exists and move in the world. Not just the dumb things that people do, but actual <laughs> evil. You take the artifacts in which the evil lives in. Mm. You bring it to the place in which you live in. And you just expect that all to go smoothly. I just don't under, like. Well, because they're stupid. They are stupid. They no, are stupid. I, no what I was hoping they would do. Are kind of dumb. Like they, was, they kind of have to be. Oh, because yeah, if but, they weren't, you know, nothing would happen. Oh yeah, but go back to exhibit. You know, that's why the the car is always gonna run out of gas. That's why they're, there's a convenient place see, to hide that has all see, these chainsaws is, and, and rusty sickles hanging from the wall. For me because. 
Yeah, he, he tried to be out. He tried. Mm. He, he asked the right questions. I wish he had been a little quicker to respond. I understand he trusted his girlfriend, but mm. sometimes you can't be trusting these folks. It's all okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pat. Yes. What did you think about this movie? <laughs> I was really disappointed, actually. There was a lot of missed opportunity to do some really cool stuff, and the thing with the house, the Museum of Artifacts in the house, is what I was hoping they would do, and it looked like they were going to for a while, and then they didn't complete, just mm -hmm. drop the ball, is use the artifacts. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, well, I'm facing some like insurmountable supernatural odds on this side, mm -hmm. but over here, I've got this vial of uh, Joan of Arc semen. We throw them yeah. at okay? you know, we're, we're <laughs> okay, All right. What I'm getting at is, I thought they would use these artifacts and do some really cool stuff with them, and like like a Warehouse 13 situation. You know, they've repurposed the evil artifacts for to the side of good now. You know, that would have been cool. To neutralize the I evil. I would have loved that. Yeah, that would have been dope. Don't get an actual mean? battle and some interesting stuff happening. Instead, we get this boring ass story of these kids. They run around and being chased by ghosts. Then they run around and this uh, this doll is in the corner, just sitting there, but it's menacing. And then they turn around, the doll's gone. Where is it? It's over there in the corner, just sitting there. I mean, come on, really? It's creepy. Yes, we get it. Yeah. Can we get some more interesting stuff happening? I mean, the doll is movie? creepy without any outside help. Yeah, well, Just looking at that. What, get, what gets me is it's like this was a solid chance to do something really good with this movie, and they didn't take the opportunity. Or even if they did, it I feels mean, lazy. They I mean, brought these actors back that we wanted to see and wasted them. These kids, they could have had like some shining moments. Instead, they do like all the stereotypical, well, the kids are going to die, but the yeah, kids aren't going to die because they're kids stuck because, in movies people that we don't see have, all the time. People don't have the balls to kill kids in movies most mm, of the time. I remember Attack the Block. You know, the okay. movies exist out but, there. Yeah, see, Attack the Block is a Edgar good movie Wright about kids. Is that, that director, though, slash writer. Like, it's an Edgar Wright movie, yeah. With yeah, he's, aliens that Whatever land. is necessary for his plot, he's willing to do. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm used to being most mainstream directors, like, like, especially with horror movies, very rarely are they going to kill the children. Well, the if, children are going to survive. If the next Annabelle Nun Conjuring movie is directed by Edgar Wright, I will, I will, I will be there front and center. Yeah, first if day. anything is directed for by now, Edgar however, Wright, I mean, Annabelle true. comes home. I got to give it a thumbs down. And I mean, I, it sounds like I regret doing that because I actually do. You sound more like you regret I, watching it. <laughs> you have never been more spot on. <laughs> Um, no, it's like I wanted to, I wanted this one to be the one that turned me around on it because it's like, well, you know, I don't like anything else in this franchise. Well, you're being unfair to it. You know, maybe I am. And I, I go to see it with the journalistic integrity and let me sit there with my notepad and <laughs> such. And it's like, okay, that sucked. That sucked. Wow, what the hell? Why am I here? How is this my life? You know, it's just like, uh, let's talk about Latin. Woof. Yeah. You know I what? Really I say don't that. I see what but, the big deal is. Well, I mean, I was believe it or not pleasantly surprised no, i didn't I go i didn't go in ready to hate this i acknowledge that sometimes there are mo oh first of all uh we're talking about aladdin starring will smith this is the remake of uh oh, excuse me the live action remake uh, uh the 1992 uh, Disney classic. Aladdin was actually the highest grossing Disney movie up until Lion King came out. So it had like a whole two years to be like, yay, we're number one. Well, and then Aladdin Lion was dope back in the day. I'm not surprised. And the thing is, like, back then, everyone had their doubts about Robin Williams as the genie, too. So it's like... Did they? Yes. Oh, you mean the public? Yeah. Okay. Well, not Disney. Out? Disney didn't feel that way. No. D Disney... Dis please. Disney is... Disney thought he was a license to print money. <laughs> God was. I mean, yeah, but... Again, not what he wanted, and the whole experience left a terrible taste in his mouth, and he didn't. That's why he didn't want to come do the sequels and all that. All right. Well, this is the live-action remake 
of uh, Disney's Aladdin, starring Will Smith in the role of the genie. Who played other roles in this? I don't know, because Will Smith is the main one that everyone's well, be been talking fair, about almost, since it was announced. Almost nobody else in the movie are like really known actors. Like None of them are super known for really anything. No, but it's a big property. You'd think at least a few of them, a few of the others would I'm get shot off, but they I think didn't. they leaned hard into well, what yeah. they knew. Because he was the big star. About. I mean, same thing with the original one. They leaned into the fact that Robin Williams was playing the genie. He was mm. like one of the really first celebrity voice actors that they really pushed that way. Yeah, and that movie was star-studded, dude. Um, friggin' Rowan Atkinson, Jeremy Irons, mm-hmm. James Earl, Earl Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Whoopi Goldberg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? uh, was it Cheech Chan? No, it's just Cheech. Just Cheech. Yeah. Shayna, break down what the story's about for anyone who I... may be unfamiliar with Aladdin. So Aladdin was a Disney movie that came out in 1992. Um, it was one of their biggest hits during the Disney Renaissance. It was about a street kid named Aladdin living in a fictional city of Agrabah because they wanted to do Iran, but that got too dicey. Um... Hey, politics gets in the way. <laughs> yeah. Um what to call it and he has a pet monkey he steals to survive he meets the beautiful princess jasmine falls in love and decides he'll stop that he needs to figure out a way to become a prince in order to get her hand yeah that thirst is real yo. what you call it and he couldn't buy her back and water fortune back will have it that he was the diamond in the rough necessary to open a cave of wonders yes i'm using air quotes <laughs> yeah, why is that those, those because jewels and carpets in there now that i've thought about him winning princess jasmine's heart going to cave of wonders oh are you, are, are, are you, going, are are you going back to the vagina all right lilith do you want to break down what the story of aladdin is about sure right. so uh jafar is the villain and he convinces Aladdin to go into uh to take this treacherous journey into the cave of wonders to retrieve specifically a lamp which supposedly has a genie that will grant him wishes Aladdin does this and Jafar uh tricks him and like kicks him back down doesn't let him out and is like oh haha I have what I need whatever um yeah played him played totally played him because he is the villain um but the monkey but <laughs> yeah, Aladdin is a thief who's coerced by a guy to do a job, and then the guy double-crosses him. But he's also a thief, and he's got his trained monkey who's also a thief. This is the These are the elements of the story that we know. And I was really interested to see how they would play this out in live action. And I, I, I mean, I, I do have to give it up to them that they did follow the story. Uh, appropriately, I, I thought this would pretty much just be the Will Smith showcase. Mm. You know, they'd yeah. get, they'd paint him blue, have him sing some songs, and which then occasionally we'd see Aladdin like, "Remember, they, I'm still here too." They didn't actually paint him blue, which I actually kind of appreciated that the genie form of him isn't just him painted. Blue. Yeah, that he was a nice fake out because all the posters have him blue, but the movie is like he's blue for what 14 seconds. Yeah, like because the majority of the time he's disguised as his servant, which is funny because the genie in the cartoon version did do that but they didn't really dwell on it because no. most of the time you saw him he was in the blue genie he was, form he was cause, in blue face because yeah well because usually him and Aladdin were conversing alone but you showed them in groups like in pe- in like public with people so him being blue would have been you know yeah. would have been a bit much <laughs> yeah. um but that's the the special effects in this were one of the things that I, I was really paying attention to because yeah the trained monkey tricks and you know how they portrayed the story was like one thing but also this is a, this is it's a magic is like a major part of the story yes you know so it's gonna be like 
90% special effects and I was really curious to see how they would go about that and still try to tell the story I understand it's Disney they got all the money in the world but that's still not an easy thing to pull off you know so I mean dude once I got past the whole well is Will Smith gonna mess it up or not and actually focus on the story believe it or not I really like this I didn't love it but I was more impressed yeah. than I thought I actually could be by a live-action retelling of a story like yeah, this. Yeah, and I, I, this in no way would would or does replace the original Disney version. No, like, you shouldn't it be looking forward to. Um, but it is a well-done movie. The acting was good. Um, I like the little nuances they added for characters. I was a little bummed at first that they didn't make Princess Jasmine as athletic as they made her in the mo in the original movie, but they kind of made up for that by making her very scholarly, and she she's like essentially a statesman who no one will give a state to. <laughs> somehow I feel it might be the more realistic interpretation. Yeah. yeah. Probably. With an intelligent woman, yet still somehow no one respects. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where they're pulling this fiction from. Yeah, dude. It was. It was. Um, it was nice that they made uh, those adaptations to the story, mm -hmm. uh, where I was hoping that their intent was to make uh, different characters more relatable and also give them a little more, like you know, presence in the forefront. I liked it. I paid more attention to the special effects, mm -hmm. and we'll get to Will Smith in a minute. I want to know your interpretation of this movie. I, like, I'll be fair. Like, I was talking to you about this earlier, and I really feel like, in some ways, this is more of an adaption of the stage play that yeah, Disney you mentioned did. Because um, they, just like with Beauty and Beast, they made a stage play of um, Aladdin. And to me, I think it, in some ways, feels more like that. Mm -hmm. um, which is not a bad thing. Like, I love musicals, so it's... So it... So there, there is some room away from the animated version. There's good callbacks, but there's definitely room away. Was I, that better or worse? I think it was better because too much comparison might have been a bad thing in this case. Just because if it was too much like the original, then it's like, why do we even do it? Okay, no, that's, that's actually a good point. But like, shot-for-shot shot remakes are always weird to me. Like, well, if it was fine, why do a shot-for-shot shot remake that you've added nothing oh because there's more money to be squeezed out of this <laughs> like i feel that way about that movie um affair to remember like because they had a shot for sh they had three shot three versions of it come out and two of them were shot for shot remakes Oof. within like 10 years and i was just like why would someone do that <laughs> but we've talked about this too it's like when they do different versions of those stories sometimes they'll do like interesting them. things with them like um 10 things i hate about you yes which was, is a good uh, version of taming the true exactly better than the but that but version. then you get like romeo plus juliet a hyper stylized okay, yeah um hyper stylized i mean and... but that's that director like that's yeah. who he is no that's, that's what i'm getting at like, sometimes it's <laughs> i didn't good. think it was a bad sometimes idea turning the that. swords into guns because if it wasn't a modern day like that makes sense yeah. henry long my, my damn it that they did make them really cool looking too i won't say they didn't <laughs> but my more gripe is that I think Romeo and Juliet's a dumb story, but that's just <laughs> that, 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 that is correct. But also we're talking about we're talking about you know uh, uh, fourteen and fifteen year olds. They're yeah, dumb in general. No, 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 no. Yes, yes, yes. Juliet's yes. fourteen. Wolverine. Not uh, so Wolverine. sure how Wolverine. old Romeo is. Romeo, I think he's, he's hopefully 16? fifteen. I, 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 I could have sworn fifteen. Mm, I maybe remember. it's a good. There's a good argument that he. Either, might be either like way, teenage scumbag. No, Teen, teenage. We there's, can, we can... there's a good argument that he could be anywhere between 18 and 21. Gross. Um, that does very quickly. <laughs> 
one very fast sidetrack comment yeah. that reminds me trinkets there are two two of the main female characters who are like 16 17 years old mm -hmm. have relationships with people who are clearly like at least 21 and i was a little like I don't, this is a little weird, I don't know about this. Uh, but it happens. It ha it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it definitely happens sometimes, but I'm like, consent! They're underage! Be this is technically statutory in some states. Most states. Most states. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, let's keep it all just... Somebody just... has to enforce that, so it's like a thing. Yeah. <laughs> all right, but yeah. And Lilith, so you didn't get the C. Uh, the new Aladdin toy. I did not. All right, but you, you're not alien to the story. I am not, no. <laughs> All right. So, knowing, hearing what, hearing what we've, what we've espoused here, are you ready for another version of Aladdin? Are you jazzed to see Will Smith step into those shoes? Oh, Trey. I am infinitely curious for sure. <laughs> It, it, it's it's not a bad time. I think he did. You know what this is? What this is, is us getting back fun Will Smith. We haven't seen fun Will Smith in years. Yeah. Um. He hasn't really done a movie where you were like, ha ha, he's so funny in a long time. And he does pull off fun Will Smith here. Mm -hmm. Um. He never tries to be Robin Williams, and that's good. Nice. Because yeah. We do not want to make comparisons there. It's right. just too iconic of a play on his on Robin's part but I really think he did a good job like his version of friend like me was actually kind of bumping and I was like this is pretty fun I was like this is the hip-hop version go ahead <laughs> 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 uh, no I, I, I definitely dig that too the music was well, the music was on point and I was yeah. I was worried that they would just try to do uh, a lot of corny rehashes, or for some reason we get like a we get like a trap version of, of <laughs> Whole New terrible. World, you know. So it's like that was I didn't the know problem what... with the Annie movie. Yeah, yeah. That's, we don't talk about that. But I, I didn't know where they were coming from, you know. It's just like there was so many variables that could have gone horribly wrong, yes. and instead they focused a lot on making this genie as palatable as possible. You know, it's Will Smith, but he's not. Will Smith doing a Robin Williams impression. He's just the charismatic guy that's a genie that that we like. You know, it's like it. It really is uh, fresh. The genie is, fr is, is, is fresh prince. A little. You know? That's really yeah. exciting. That's nice to hear. Yeah. Um. I can't really say much about the rest of the movie because <laughs> that was he was the best part. The part the, the, the part everyone thought would cut this down being Will Smith <laughs> as the genie in blue and corny and got the top knot in that beard was actually the best part. He was likable, he was personable. Mm -hmm. He actually seemed more like he was on Aladdin's side than he was just uh. there to, you know, take up screen time, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's what the genie's supposed to be. I really dug that. I was actually surprised because this was, and you know, let me know if I'm, if I'm off base or not, yeah. this was actually um, kind of a stretch and a good acting performance yes. by Will Smith. No, because he, he, he plays a almost, I'm not going to call him a mentor, but he's definitely like, Aladdin's like emotional cheerleader like Aww. he meets Aladdin and he's like you're different than every other master I've had you're you you seem like you're a nice person he's everybody else who's ever gone come for me has always been like super power hungry and nothing was ever enough and you seem like a genuinely nice person I hope you stay that way by getting access to this kind of power mm -hmm. um there's a lot of that in it like whether or not power is a corrupting influence, what, you know, power for power's sake, um, sh should you want to be, s should you have power and be self-sacrificing, or should you have 
power and be a tyrant. And it's there's a lot of that. Well, see, that's where it fell flat for me. I like, like I mentioned, I like Will Smith. I like his performance. I like the trailer of Genie. And I like that the movie tried to address some new concepts, but I feel that it failed on several of them. The power thing, it felt like um, they mentioned those, not in passing, but it felt like they mentioned them, and then they kind of, they didn't go far enough in displaying them, you know? You know, funny enough, it's, it's, in some ways, like, mm. Jafar is like, Scar. <laughs> He's like Star from Lion King in a way, like the characterization, like my life is tough and I crawled my way up and and now I have the power so everyone does what I say, like mm-hmm. that's the play I'm getting from um, Jafar in this. Yeah, but the problem with that is we got more backstory about Jafar in this than we did from the previous version that we realized, yeah. oh, we didn't want that. Yeah, we didn't, yeah. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't need a backstory for a... Mm-mm for a just pure evil villain yeah, because no. they are evil for the sake of it and that's all you really need to know yeah. and that's fine um, I he's pa- like, the point is he's power hungry mm-hmm. I get that um, he's not the strongest character in the whole of the thing he does have his moments like everybody has moments nobody has no moments Will Smith has the most moments mm-hmm. <laughs> even Abu had moments though. yeah no even the monkey even had, the a, monkey couple, had, had a couple slick moments that, yeah. that, that I thought was I, yo the Oddly, this is gonna seem, this is like a weird compliment, but I really like the opening sequence. Like, cause I think about how Arabian Nights played um, in the original. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. This, I, I did like that. Yeah, like before, you know, it's just a song that facilitates opening the um thing, the mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. But this time, it actually stands as an introduction to all your main characters. Yeah. Oh. So as you like fly into over the desert and into Agrabah, like you get like a quick um like stop in with all your main characters. You, they don't necessarily show their faces, but just like where they're at. You get okay. to see them in their surroundings quickly as the song goes through and weaves through the city. As much as I did like that, yo, I mean, I understand who he is who he is and they are who they are and the actors are just going to be actors and no one likes when someone badly affects an accent, but... Will Smith straight up sounds like a dude from Philly. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm like, I'm like yeah, you know, here in our country of Iran, right? You know, like, come on, man. I mean, like, we have an Agrabah going to the... You know, has like, Disney ever pushed for, like, authentic accents, though? I know, but it was just such a departure, especially as much as I dug that Arabian Nights scene, I couldn't get away from it. It's Will Smith singing it like, you know, Arabian Nights, uh, like Arabian Days, yeah. So he, was, he did that. No, he actually... He sang it, sang it. He sang it, but Ooh. it's still like the inflection. I won't say the sang, tone. sing. He sung it. Yeah. Not sang. There's not an A in there. He sung it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imagine, imagine, the, have you ever heard the song about Miami? It's Will, that's what he, he was singing there too. Welcome to Miami. Uh, you know, oh, it's like, I. Like, welcome to Agrabah. Uh. No, I, I own like, that whole album. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have checked myself. But yeah, like, also, that actually builds off a concept that Disney kind of abandoned in the original movie. What because that? what I don't think he, what a lot of people didn't realize is that the merchant you meet in the beginning is the genie. Oh, I didn't realize that. Uh, well, damn. That's why um, he had the lamp. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, he's the genie. And they abandoned that concept um, somewhere along the line because huh. there was supposed to be a scene at the end. Instead of the moon gag... When they fly through the scene, you see the merchant, and he turns back into the genie because oh, he was telling their story. Gotcha. Um, 
that's why he knew it because he was intimately involved yeah <laughs> but yeah and so like they came back to that him being the one who's telling the story and I was like I like that they brought cool. that because I because when I first heard that I was like oh that would have been cool if they kept that little scene yeah. at the end and you saw him as the merchant yeah also seeing as how he was talking to his kids the genie got some after the movie I'm just saying that's the thing that yeah, happened yeah he married the princess's handmaiden yeah Alright, so the movie is Aladdin. I mean, I'm giving this a thumbs up. It was very surprising. It's not a perfect movie, but I mean, it's much better than I thought it would be because the concept of these live-action movies has always seemed like a cash grab. Well, this is this exists. Let's do a live-action version and get more money out of the property. Mm -hmm. But no, I mean, the actors are forgettable. The story is what it is. It's a good story at its core. So it's like they there wasn't much they could do to really ruin this. Actually, no, that's... that's no, I'm not going to say that, because I've seen... <laughs> yeah. some, At some, least they didn't make yeah. Iago talk. Yes. Yeah, there was no talking parrot in this. I'm sorry, Gilbert Godfrey. You know, you may have you know been waiting by the phone, but... That's fine. You can leave that voice in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what um, I was actually entertained by this. I was pleasantly surprised by Will Smith. The songs were jams. Yeah, no, the, nice. the yeah. singing was spot on. I'm not going to compare... I don't want to compare the current Princess Jasmine to the other Princess Jasmine, but it's only because the other Princess Jasmine was a professional singer. Um, not just a singer, who, not an actor who can sing. And there's a difference between yeah. a singer who can act and an actor who can sing. Case in point, Will Smith in this movie. Yeah. Um, what's it called? She's a Broadway actress. Um, she's actually a fairly famous Broadway actress, the original Princess Jasmine. So Chick didn't quite have those um, super crystal clear notes, but she did a really good job. I didn't expect her to sing that well. And the set pieces are really, really good. Yeah. Like, the scenery, like, this this had production value all over it, like, so much. And a part of me wonders if Disney keeps doing these live actions, because essentially what they really want to do is do live action. They want to do musicals, but... Mm. Well, I mean... But they, they're they... banking on pro properties we already know, because... Uh musicals haven't been big ticket movies for a really long time with the exception of Disney movies well I think we're kind of seeing a um I don't know I don't I don't want to I don't want to go so far to say a new renaissance but things like um what is it things like Hamilton are really breathing new life into the yeah, widespread a, appeal of they, they already have optioned and are making his um first play into a movie mm -hmm. Lin Manuel, Lin, Lin -Manuel um, Miranda yeah his first play was called Into the Heights and it takes place in Spanish on and they're making that into a movie mm -hmm. they're making cats into a movie like yeah. you know what shut up <laughs> I like musicals I'm happy when they come out <laughs> I get so few you just, you just want to see Zubilee Zoo again I like that show I, so did I <laughs> It's awesome. The movie, the movie's Aladdin. <laughs> ben Vereen is not in this. Uh, actually, Ben Vereen's dead. So yeah, yes, good, yeah. good idea. He's not in this. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm giving this a thumbs up. I'm uh, and like one of those. Wow, oh, really? Yeah. Because dude, I was so surprised this that I enjoyed it so much. I didn't enjoy the Aladdin and Jasmine story, but I enjoyed Will Smith. And, uh, uh, excuse me, excuse me. I enjoyed the genie yeah. and Jafar story, and that was enough to make it like, no, this isn't gonna blow your mind, but it will be a very entertaining time. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. It, it, so like, for that thumbs I, up. Yeah, I feel like the wow factor of seeing the story for the first time is not gonna happen just because you have seen the story already in a very. And even if you setting. haven't, this isn't the one to tell. Um, but this was still an enjoyable film, and it was very well made, and. I'm glad that all the singing was on point. Glad they got actors who could sing. Um, I was not disappointed, and I'm not sorry I watched it. So thumbs up. 
All right, so okay. it's Aladdin right now starring Will Smith. Have we inspired you to go check this out now? You have. I think I'll see it now. <laughs> oh, now we, just gotta do, right. now we just gotta do Lion King. Oh, actually, you know what? No, after The Jungle Book and Aladdin, I'm, really I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm a, little more, on that. a little more eyes open. Live action Lion King. It's oh my just. God. Yeah. Hey, hey, it's the live really... action Jungle Book, they found a way to make it work. Yeah, yeah but there's there one... wasn't a human involved. There were. There was. This has no humans. The little boy. Yeah, but yeah. but with Lion King, there are no humans. It's all animals. Oh, so, so wait, 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 wait. So so you mean they might have to animate some of it? I don't know if Disney is I mean, experiencing it's all animated. such things. It's realistic animation, but it's all animated. Yeah. All right. Well, I myself, I'm, you know, yeah, I'm gonna say I'm going in with a little more high hopes and yeah, watch bite me in the ass. Um, we are out probably. of time. Yes, we are. Alright, so this has been The Geek Down. I want to thank you all for joining us for another action-packed, fun-filled, debate-filled episode. Yes! Full of Beast. What's up? I want to thank Shayna. I want to thank you all for joining us. And mind you all, you can catch us at geek-down.com. And if you want to follow us on social media, slash The Geek Down on Facebook, at The Geek Down on Instagram, on Twitter, and all social medias there. We are all over the mother. Also, dude... Find us on SoundCloud, you know, uh, follow, yeah. like, subscribe, all that good stuff. If you heard anything on this show you want to chime in on, hit us up at geekdownradio at gmail.com. Until then, we'll catch you next time. Peace. See y'all later. Oh, why didn't I ever write that down? Because...